Welcome to the Connected Hearts Podcast. If you're new to the podcast, I'm Kristen. My dear friends Ellen and Ashlyn, they're my co-hosts. And in today's episode, we are sharing with you the second of two parts of a conversation about change. If you haven't yet listened to the first part, well, we definitely recommend it. This episode, in which we talk more about the connection between grief and change, it'll make a whole lot more sense with that background. We also discuss how we process change, and all three of us discover that we withdraw from others to various extents. We have a free virtual wine tasting coming up on Friday, October 30th, courtesy of Ashlyn, and we're hosting yoga at the lake a record four times this week. If you'd like to learn more about all of the things that we do, individually and as a team, you're going to want to subscribe to our emails. Just reach out to us on Instagram or Facebook, at Connected Hearts Pod, with the best email for you, and we'll make sure you get signed up. So this is sort of a... I don't know if it makes sense to bring it up or not, but since Ellen is throwing us off script, uh, we're just going to Me, go there. it's me. I'm, I'm throwing everybody off. So we're reading this month's book club pick is Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And today, actually, right before coming over here, I posted this quote from it. And she says, Do you have the courage to bring forth this work? The treasures that are hidden inside you are hoping you will say yes. And truly, you know, I appreciate what you said Ashlyn and frankly I oh sorry that was my phone closing I don't know that I feel deserving of all of the praise but I guess in the past five or so years I've realized that the the change that has in fact transformed me the changes that have transformed me are my hidden treasures they are what enable me to be creative and to live as the book says a life beyond fear and I'm committed to bringing them forth. Because if not, then why, why did I go through that change or that transform in those ways? Well, and she even mentions in the book too, like it's not always for the other person, mm-hmm. right? When you bring those things out, when you talk about the things that you've been through, it's almost like realigning for yourself, mm-hmm. like giving yourself that power back, right? When you can say like, this happened to me and now I'm sharing it with you, it's almost empowering for yourself. Like we all gain something from it, of course. But even for yourself, it's like you don't control me anymore. Like mm-hmm. what everything that I've been through is not controlling me. I get to be the driver right now and I get to decide that I'm going to come out with this. And I've you know, I've come out with things in my life to select a few people who I feel open enough to share them with. And I haven't come out to everyone about things in my life. So I do feel like there is like an element of like, maybe I don't want to share it with this person, yeah. but I totally appreciate the fact that you can be so vulnerable and so open in sharing everything that's happened because it does give people an element of just being able to resonate with what you're saying and then being able to open up more. Like when you opened up to, about things, I was able to open up more. Mm-hmm. You yes, know? I agree. That's what you do. That's really what you do. Yeah, you know, I learned the hard way. Brene Brown talks a lot about this, and I, y'all, I'm not going to remember what book it's in because I read all of her stuff a while ago. But um, when I first began being really open about a lot of the changes that had taken place in my life, um, 
it was sort of like word vomiting it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, this was a number of years ago, like eight years ago now, when I really started being open about everything that I was experiencing. I did it in the form of a blog, and it was really public, and it was, um, I was still living out that transformation in many ways. It hadn't, I hadn't um, owned the transformation myself fully before putting it out there. And not to say that I would do it differently or would have done it differently then, but I do it differently now. I make sure that I own my story before I put it out there. So earlier you guys were saying, you know, we want to hear more about your parents and what's going on. And I was hesitant to share because I'm not sure what I think about it yet. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to make sure that I own my story first. And there are a handful. I, I tend to be a person who processes alone. We've talked about this. I don't really process out loud. Um, so maybe other people need to talk about it. But I'm very careful in many ways because of that earlier experience of sort of oversharing too early. I'm very careful that any change that I'm going through, I know how I feel about it for myself first and that I'm comfortable with how I feel about it, good or bad, before sharing it with other people because I need that for myself. It's important. Yeah, and that's kind of what we talked about a little bit with the Finding Forgiveness workshop the last mm -hmm. last time we had with the grief. Mm -hmm. It was like we were talking about how we process grief, but even just process emotions, right? Yeah. And it's like, how do you process it? And at first I was like, I don't know how I process it, right? But then once more people were sharing, I learned like, okay, yes, most of the time I do internally process, see how I feel about it. Sometimes I need to cry it out. You're not much of a crier at all, I, Kristen. I, I cry uh, I cry with very few people. Yeah. So I'm not a public crier. So Ellen told me the other day, she's like, you're not much of a crier. I'm like, I cry <laughs> alone in my bed. <laughs> so I, I will cry to my mother and I will cry to David. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you offend me in the workplace, I'll go to the bathroom and cry. Yeah. That happened to me one time. That's another story for another yeah. podcast, but that happened to me oh, one time. Oh, that's so sure. awesome. Just talking about crying. When we cry. Yeah, I cry. Stay tuned. Find out when we crying. Cry. And we want to know when you are crying. But oh, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. And uh, you're not finished. I think Ashlyn is giving me signs. Like I just jumped into no, her taking fine. a breath. And I'm like, yeah, now it's my time to talk. It's your turn for no. sure. What did you? What do you have? I, I was just talking about how I was processing emotions. But it's fine because this is how I process emotions. I just suppress them all. <laughs> and allow and everybody else to do everything. So this just goes along with what I was saying. So you go ahead, Ellen. Well, that was actually one of my questions that I wanted to ask you guys tonight. Um, how do you relate to change? When you're in the moment, how do you process it? Or do you not? Do you suppress it? Uh, what is your sort of pattern like, do you think? Totally suppressing. Totally, especially with change, I feel like I'm just like, get through it all and then figure it out later. Like, do everything I need. To, it's a Taurus in me, maybe. I don't know. But it's like, get everything done that needs to be done. And then I will just feel my emotions later. Like, even when my sister died, I was in robot mode. 
And everybody could see it. I was like a robot. Like, you're not crying. What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, I'm just getting every. I'm hanging with my nieces. I'm hanging with this. Da, 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 da. You know, getting everything done before I actually allowed myself to like, oh, this is a sad moment. This is hard, you know? And it was alone time that I did that. But yes, no, I am. With, with change, I'm very much of a... Suppress and Lona. And the um, as Ashley calls it, my toxic positivity. <laughs> I will be positive about everything. <laughs> it's all good, good vibes. <laughs> Ellen, how about you? How do you relate to change as it's happening? Uh, I I definitely I I mean you know me, I'm an oversharer and I love how you're saying like own your story first. Like I think I speak up too fast sometimes and then get the feedback from friends and then make them my thought or like mix it up and I think it's really important to sit with it by yourself but I think my real habit looking back is I like then to take a little like I don't even nap I do meditation but I lay down I go under the covers and I be quiet. I do that too. Withdraw. It's, oh, that sounds harsh. No, it's, it's, withdraw. it's like, definitely yeah, one by of my myself. trauma responses is withdraw. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Drama. No, <laughs> no. Withdraw. Oh, yes. So trauma. Like, I mean, any change is drama, right? It's like uh, uh, there are levels from one to yeah. ten, but it's trauma. The best definition of trauma that I've ever read was in one of the books um, that I used, and I'm, the name is escaping me now, but it was uh, for our stress, um, oh my gosh, what was that workshop called? You're looking stress at reduction. That. That's what it was called. That was I was awesome. like, I feel like it was stress reduction, but if she can't remember the name, no. maybe it was I'm not so sure. It's been a long day. Uh, so the stress reduction workshop, and he basically said that Trauma is anything that you can't process in the moment. Mm -hmm. I think that's so true. And you're right. There are levels, right? We talk about traumatic experiences, and there are certainly ones that are more traumatic than others. But the, they all sort of affect us in that way of not being able to, to think them through in that moment. So I think you're right. Uh, remember on your last workshop, we were talking about um, uh, people just the way we get delivered some information like you know uh, any kind and I thought that was really interesting that we feel a loss sometimes about a news that shakes our world and uh, the way somebody just tells us delivers it the delivery yeah. of it right you were I saying? think I said delivery was before. it you yeah. somebody said the delivery <laughs> I of think I news. said it five times <laughs> like no so but the delivery so really uh let's check in with yourself uh about the loss of... so you don't want to hear how i process change in the moment thanks. do you do no, you she first wants everybody to check in with themselves <laughs> oh, yeah but give them a chance because you give them the answer right, right away yeah you know, we don't need to hear from you they <laughs> can't hear the answer yet check in and then kristen will tell you how you actually know <laughs> We do the hand thingy and it's working, but she then I take it, it down. Times. But I did, and then I hold they it. They don't and I'm know like, what we're talking yeah, about, you guys. We have to we have to raise our hands to know who <laughs> yeah. talks next. We because, interrupt because we interrupt. Um, 
So anyway, I was raising my hand and Ellen was... For three minutes. And Ellen was not paying attention. No, I noticed. But then when her time comes, I let her talk. I apologize. No, Ellen. you're good. You're good. Um, but she's not really yeah. sorry. She just apologized. <laughs> no, I don't want to be a sorry person to always say I'm sorry. So I apologize. Yeah, yeah. I get it. Um, Do you? So Do first you, you guys check are you in sorry? with yourself for a minute and then Kristen will share. I don't, I don't know. It feels weird. No. Okay. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, okay so um i i don't know if it's withdrawal i and it's not suppression because i definitely i i read and write and think and pray and ruminate and go on long walks um but maybe so it's it's not withdrawal at all from myself i go really i internalize um it's withdrawal from others Yes, um, that's sort of my personality anyway. I'm incredibly introverted. I need a lot of alone time. I don't really like people all that much. So yeah, besides she us, hangs out with us. <laughs> I mean, from time to time, <laughs> she can only handle us twice a month, <laughs> and other times no. it's all online. <laughs> uh, um, but I, I need even more alone time. And in fact, I was telling you guys when my mom and I process change really mm. differently, right? And the only times I feel like in the past few years where we have really butted heads, and we work very closely together, so it's amazing that this doesn't happen more, but has been when something big happened and changed and we needed to process it and she needs to talk it out in the moment, she needs to vocalize, verbalize, and I can't, I don't have that in me, especially if the change is, is important in, in a sort of, in a big way. Um, and so she sort of needs me to he listen to her and I need her to stop talking to me. <laughs> and it just goes real south real fast. Um, but I think that's interesting to know that about ourselves. But I would say that what you are describing is like a withdrawal. And it's not like necessarily like a withdrawal from yourself. Like it's a withdrawal, like... For me, it was like going into my room every day away from everything, which I feel like is a withdrawal from life or the world or the things. Like I couldn't even look at Facebook, like mm -hmm. seeing people post happy pictures. I'm like, how can you be happy right now? What the fuck? Fudge. <laughs> you can say fuck on this podcast. <laughs> like, oops. No. You're so fine. anyways, it was just like, I I think that is the with, a withdrawal. Uh, withdrawal yeah. symptom type of yeah. response. Mm -hmm. I often say, I have, or have caught myself saying in those moments, I just need everything to stop. Yeah. I just need everything to stop. Yeah. Um, I cannot process unless I don't have a quiet space to do that. Yeah. Um, if life is moving, I withdraw from social media. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I just need to feel like the world is no longer spinning for a few minutes so that I can get my feet back underneath me. I completely agree with you. And and that's the only way. It's amazing. It's almost it's almost getting worse as I get older. It's the only way I can process change. Um, I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. It just is. No, it's, uh, it, it resonates completely with me because when I was younger, like a little child, and I, I was thinking about that, 
my grandma died maybe when I was 16, no, 18 probably. But uh, I haven't had a loss in my life, like really close to me. But I, I remember thinking like, how can the world go on? Like with that loss, with that big loss, like that person, my person is gone. Like just like getting your hat, hang off like, how, how can I go on? How can everybody just like daily life go on? How you can drink your coffee, how you can go in your car, stop at that red light. Like it's, it's really, it's been our, like the last time I had to face it and look at uh, that traumatic losing somebody and not understanding. But I think even before as a child. So I had that a lot after my sister, but there was a lot of like, I had so many like suicidal thoughts and like grief and like, how can I go on? How can anybody go on type of situations? And I feel like this is more like turning into a grief episode more than a change episode. <laughs> but, we said, right? but it They're does so go hand in hand. I apparently I had no idea, but, but it is like, even with change, I feel like, so with the grief, like how can anybody go on? How can things happen still? How can I go on? Like for people with, with like really huge trauma responses to change, like how can I do this? How can I go on? How can I move forward with this big change happening, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's a huge thing that you just pointed out with like people being able to move forward, you know, not being, when things are changing so much, I feel like people feeling stuck almost, even through the change. It's so interesting you say this, um, and I think it's okay that this has gone the way of grief, because as we, as we read earlier, um, her friend Danielle, death and change, we respond to them the same way. Um, what I didn't say earlier is that oftentimes when I catch myself saying, I just need everything to stop, um, I say that for sure when I'm processing change that is good in my life still I still need time to sort of absorb it but those are the same words I use when I'm in deep depression and suicidal mm -hmm. I just need everything to stop um, and my suicidal ideation is is um, it's like I want I want the ability to hit stop as long as I can hit play later mm -hmm. right yeah um, I just I just need every I truly just need everything to stop for for a minute so yeah. that I can catch up um, but I think it's interesting that those same words I use in moments of just normal change out of needing time to process as well as in moments of real despair and um, truly wanting everything to stop because it's all change mm-hmm right yeah. Like, and just like Danielle said, it's like your body cannot process like the good or bad. And I don't like, same as you, like, I don't like putting things in good and bad, but like what feels good, and what bad. feels good and what feels bad maybe for us, like our body doesn't process it. Mm -hmm. It all processes it as grief, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is so powerful. And I'm so glad that she said that. I am too. So true, and uh, I think we need to work through all that process. But it brings me back to this book that I just told you about the medicine woman. And I know I ordered my daughter the, uh, the English version of it because I found it. And uh, I will find the title, it's a little different. <laughs> you put up your hands, I thought you wanted to high five me about no reason. 
so we just told you that we raise our hands if we need to talk. And Ashlyn raised her hand, and Ellen gave her a high five. And we're really not Because sure I'm in talking mode right now. And this is gone south. But we can cut this, no, right? No, this is great. This is great. Double high five. Stop high-fiving me. I was going to say, maybe that's our next book club book. I did not want anybody to high-five me. But I am high-five Now, both of them, when I put my hands up, went to high-five me. I just thought you were leading into the new thing we're doing, apparently. But the okay. thing. So how, be- does, how does this relate to the I just need everything to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot my train of thought, but this book it says something about this too. What did you just say? Ashlyn can't pull it together, yeah, y'all. No, no. That but, was just so funny. Oh that my God. But, great. No, but really, there was something about it and the book that oh. was profound and I lost and high-fiving you when you didn't even want to high-five me back. I always want to high-five you guys, just like not right now. Yeah, talking about grief and suicide. Yeah, high-five. High-five to death. High-five to the death of All the right, trees. guys, we have been recording for 54 minutes now. Too long now. This is clearly, like three episodes or something. Clearly this has, um, I promise our episode won't be quite that long. I'll, I'll cut out all of Ellen's parts. Yes. Me, me, me. We were just talking about how she needed to be in it more, and now we're cutting her off. the last one, I was so quiet, and now I took her over. I'm sorry. I'm giving high fives. High fives. Um, I think for me, let's do this. Let's go around and say our biggest takeaway, the thing that we're going to leave tonight thinking about the most. Um, For me, Ellen, it was uh, the mention of trust. Mm -hmm. That is going to be my biggest takeaway from this conversation, and... And just asking myself why I don't trust. If there's so much evidence for good in my life through change, why don't I trust? And that's what I'm going to think about. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. It's like there are so many times when we're going through change and it's like so scary and so like fearful based, like fear based instead of just like... And leaning into our soul, we lean into our ego and we're like scared and fear-based. And it's like, what if we just lean into love and trust, right? Which is all from our soul. Like we chose this mission for our bodies to come here and live this out for a reason. Obviously, this is all happening to us for a reason. And instead of trusting with change, we get so like fear-based but then when you go back to reading the um blurb about what danielle said about grief i mean it all makes sense grief is a really hard emotion for us to process because we don't get to process it very often which is a good thing right Mm -hmm. like it's good we don't get to process grief very often so it's not an emotion we feel very often but when you take a step back and see that like grief and change your body can't tell the difference with change, whether it's good or bad. I think that was a big takeaway for me too, along with what Ellen, you said about trust. I think there's just huge, just shifts happening with me, like you said, with like, when you were like, oh, maybe I should embrace change because now I see why, Mm -hmm. right? I feel like I'm having that same sort of just like aha moment about, wait, everything that happened in my life has been so good. And I speak, I say these things, and then I'm also talking to myself, right? Like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. 
But it's so true. Everything that has happened in our lives, I think, has just built us to this point. And I think we've just, all of us have come so far with everything that we've been through in our lives. And we wouldn't be the people that we are today without the things that we've been through. And so trusting that even these next changes that we're going through and everything that are happening in our lives now is leading us to even better things and trusting it. I agree. But also I realize now with all our talking that grief is in daily life. I just, I never realized that. I always thought it's the huge things, the huge move, the huge losing a person and that person is gone forever. But I realized that we are grieving little conversations, that we are grieving the way somebody represented something to us. I talked about it earlier with like somebody telling you something that affects you in a big way. and. Uh, it's again going back to that book I love so much it's uh, Rainer Maria Rilke it's like uh, one of the poets talking to some other uh, poet about love the question right now even now helicopter is going over us I don't know if that affects what I'm saying but I want you to hear it let that helicopter go so it's it's about love the question right now even that you don't have an answer because one day you will just live that answer and you will like that answer kind of like that is like that poem i mean that's how i interpret that poem it's a gorgeous poem and everybody feels or sees it differently but yeah that's that book again and yeah it, it just allows me a little bit more of uh allowing those little downs in daily life that are not so obvious to everybody because they are not world shaking but maybe my world in that daily life sense mm -hmm. that's it well clearly this has been a really productive hour for all three of us <laughs> and we're gonna have a lot to process after this <laughs> good um, night <laughs> I, I hope you've made it through this conversation and have found nuggets of um, haphazard wisdom that you can carry with you uh, in your own daily life as you experience inevitable big and small change that you interpret as good and or bad. Um, know that you are not alone and that you are loved. Yes, we love you. Yes, we love you. That was crazy. <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode we've got two great conversations lined up next for you one on our love languages and another on siblings you can also find us at patreon.com slash connected hearts pod there's loads of new content meditations sound bowl healings and spoken word readings it's all posted each month and we're planning even more for 2021 we hope to see you on Patreon soon. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Connected Hearts Pod. Thanks for listening. <laughs>